Hey guys, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. You can create the life that you've always imagined. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Be true to yourself, but make sure that you don't get attached to any form of identity. So if you know me, you know that I love hair. I love playing with hair colors. I'm always dyeing my hair a new shade every two or three weeks. So this has just been something that has been part of my personality for the past few years. Even back in high school, I would buy those box hair dyes and try to dye my hair. But I think those box dyes were pretty limiting because when you're dyeing black hair with those cheap dyes, like nothing dramatic really happens. And so... I think I really dove into the real colorful world of hair um, about two years ago at the beginning of 2014. That was the year that I decided to finally bleach my hair for the first time. And after I bleached my hair, that like opened up a world of color for me, literally, because I just started playing with all these different pastel and vibrant colors. So my hair has literally been all colors of the rainbow from like red, pink, blue, green, purple, silver, blonde. It's just been everything. I've had my good colors and I've had my bad colors. And by now I've learned what colors work better for me. And it's just something that's really fun. It brings me joy. I see my hair as like my best accessory. So today I thought it'd be fun to share my hair story and what I've learned from the journey of my hair. And yes, it's possible to learn life lessons from your hair. You can learn life lessons from anything, really. So let's take it back to the summer of 2013. That was a summer that I was auditioning for acting and hosting roles, kind of figuring out my creative path. And I had black hair at the time. I had like a black A-line bob. And I remember I got casted for a short film where I had to play a girl who was coincidentally a YouTuber and a singer. So it was really funny how that short film reflected my actual real life. But anyway, it was the summertime and I wanted to go lighter with my hair. Nothing dramatic. I just wanted to go from black to like dark brown, something like that. And I called the director and the producer and I just wanted to make sure with them like hey I'm planning to go lighter with my hair don't worry it's gonna still look natural it's not anything dramatic just letting you know and both of them were like um don't change your hair we want you to keep your hair black so that you can look Asian so I was like gosh man I was kind of like I felt limited because they didn't want me to dye my hair they wanted me to look Asian, which is another story on its own. That's another topic, like typecasting. But I realized at that time that if I was gonna pursue acting, then I'd probably have to keep my hair black because most of the roles want like natural colored hair. Nobody's gonna cast an Asian girl with purple hair. First of all, it's hard to land acting roles as an Asian American. Second of all, if your hair is a crazy color, I'm sure like you'll never get work. So I had to make a decision because I was like really digging this pastel hair trend. I remember I started to like Photoshop photos of myself with pink and purple hair and I was dreaming of like going really, really light. 
And it was just something that was calling me. I know it sounds ridiculous to some people, but honestly, if you know how much I love hair color, it's real. So I made a conscious decision to really follow what my heart wanted and bleach my hair, go pastel. And making that choice, I knew that I would be giving up acting. And that was okay with me because I wasn't really 100% passionate about acting. It was just something that I was dipping my toes in for fun. So I realized that deep down, I wanted to be more of like an artist, a unique individual, and do what I wanted to do with my hair without anybody else telling me how to do it. So I took the plunge January 2014, and I have been loving my hair ever since then. That's when I started like experimenting from blonde to pastel hair, and I would like invest in all these color dyes and test them on my hair. This was the period where I went through a lot of like ugly colors, like going through like the brassy yellows and the oranges and the rose golds that don't really look good on me. I lo- I've learned that I'm more of a cool toned person, like silver, blues, and purples look really great on me. Yellow, green, and orange, and red, not so much. But during that transition phase, I really learned how to own my confidence and own my personality because I was making a big statement with having like pastel colored hair. And this was like 2014 when it wasn't like as big of a trend yet. I feel like in the past two or three years, like colored hair has grown so much. So back then I remember all my friends were like, what are you doing? Like I would never have that hair. Why do you like it? And everyone thought I was a little weird, but I loved it so much that I didn't care. And I was willing to like get through ugly colors. I kind of had to learn how to deal with ugly hair colors in public (laughs) because in the beginning when you mess up your hair, you're like, gosh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to be seen right now. But you know, you have to still live life and you still have to go places. So I really learned how to like own it. Even if I had bad hair, I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to go out and own it and just live my life. So I think that time of trial and error really helped shape my confidence in myself. And I really loved to have my hair as an expression of myself. My hair was like my creative outlet and I just loved it so much. I love the fact that colored dyes fade really quickly so that you can always like do another color in two or three weeks. A lot of people would think that's high maintenance, but for me, it's like my art. It's like painting. You know, I want to paint every two or three weeks or so. It's just really fun for me. I also really like the idea of iridescence because my hair was ever-changing. So I don't know if you know what iridescence is. It's like when you see a holographic image or like, you know, like oil slick where like you see a bunch of different colors when you move at different angles. I love that quality visually and I even wrote a song called Iridescence where I basically was talking about how people are always changing and you can't judge them because they could be something different like the next minute. So every angle that you're looking at someone, just like every angle that you're looking at that iridescent object, it's always changing so you can't really pinpoint it, you can't judge it. So that's what I liked about my hair. I felt like my hair was a symbol of that iridescent quality that I loved so much. I know this is going like too deep into hair color, but for me, that's really how deep it went. I loved it so much. 
Now, let me fast forward to May 2015. This was last year. I went to China to visit my family in Shanghai. So you guys know that my dad lives in Shanghai. My dad's side is all in China. And I went back because my grandma was sick and I haven't seen her in years. And it was just a good time to go back and visit the family. So I was dreading the moment that I would get off the plane and see my dad because I knew that he would like tell me to change my hair because he had already seen it in photos and he already told me to like dye it back to black because he's very traditional, very conservative. But I mean, I'm not going to do that because I love it. So I went to China. My dad picked us up at the airport and oh my goodness, he was just like, Eileen, you have to change that hair immediately. I can't bring you to your grandma like this. She's going to have a heart attack if she sees you. And uh, I just had that dreaded feeling like, oh my God, do I have to deal with this? <laughs> But my grandma really was in the hospital and she was really not in a good condition. So I kind of felt like it was a legitimate concern. Like what if she, it really shocked her? Like she wouldn't recognize me or something. So I... I kind of went through this little battle in my head and in the end, I decided that my hair wasn't like a big enough issue to argue about or be stubborn about. It wasn't worth it to be like selfish because I really care about my family. I, I just want to see my grandma, you know? I don't care if I have to change my hair to see her. So we went to a hair salon like the next day in Shanghai to dye my hair back to a normal color. And I remember it was probably the most disappointing salon trip I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> I remember sitting there and the stylists were asking me like, oh, you want to dye your hair dark? Like, it looks like you just dyed your hair this color. What a waste it would be. And I was like, yeah, I just dyed it pink like last week. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. So I remember the stylist like painting black dye onto my pink purple hair. And it felt like a part of me was like dying. Like they were painting over my personality. It was really like just disappointing. Also, it was like real because if you know anything about hair color, you know that black dye is like the hardest to lift. It's once you dye your hair black, you can't go back. It's like really, really difficult to remove that dye. It just takes a lot of time and you could really damage your hair in the process. So I knew that going dark would be pretty permanent. I would have to have this dark hair for a long time until I could ever lift it back again. After that salon trip, I remember feeling like I looked so plain. I looked very basic. My hair was back to black. It was like blacker than a natural black because they had to like just make it really deep to cover the pink. And I was just like looking at my phone, look at the, looking at the selfies that I took before the trip. I was looking at my pink purple hair like, oh my god, I look so fun. Look at me. I look so like creative. And now I just look boring. So I just didn't feel like myself. But I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't regret doing it at all because I was willing to do what I had to do in order to like make my family happy. And you know, I don't get to see my dad or my grandma or anyone on that side of the family very often. So it was worth the sacrifice to me. So it was really, really nice to see my grandma during that trip. 
also because she's not doing so well, she's kind of losing her memory now. So she barely remembered my mom and me. And it was really cute because my brother couldn't make it to the trip, but we FaceTimed him and she remembered him because he's like the baby of the family. So I don't know. It was a really sweet moment. And it was that moment that I realized that honestly, there are experiences and people and things in life that just are so important. They're just so much more valuable than anything on the surface. After my China trip, I had dark hair for about a couple months before I tried to lift it again. And what I've learned throughout that period was that without my hair, my pastel colorful hair, I was still me. Like me, I didn't change. My personality didn't change. Nothing left me. Even though I thought that a piece of me died when they painted the black over my colored hair, nothing really left me. I was still here. And so I just realized that what happened was I got too attached to my pastel hair. I kind of let that hair give me my identity. I identified with having colorful hair because it made me feel creative, but in reality, I don't need my colored hair to prove that I'm creative. I'm still this person at my core, regardless of what I look on the outside. So through that experience, I learned that I shouldn't rely on anything external to give me an identity. You know, hair is just hair. Even if I have no hair, I'm still a whole human being. I'm still myself at my core, no matter what I wear or what I have on the outside. What I'm saying here is you have a core that's indestructible. You are you without even trying. You just have that essence with you forever and no one can take that away from you. So be true to yourself, but don't get attached to any form of identity. There's a Chinese proverb that says, tension is who you think you should be. Relaxation is who you are. It basically means that we are our true selves when we're relaxed and free to be who we are rather than when we're worrying about what others think of us and how we want to be perceived. So you are you without even trying. You don't have to try so hard to be yourself. You don't have to rely on anything on the outside to prove who you are because you are just you naturally. It's kind of hard to explain, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. You know, a lot of people kind of get stuck with identifying themselves with external factors. Some people become confident in who they are because they have certain things on the outside. Maybe their makeup is really on point, or maybe they have like a nice car, a nice house, and they identify with those things. But really, when you strip those people of those things on the outside, if you take away the car, the house, the makeup, that person is still that person, 100%. Nothing has left them. I mean, yes, the outside stuff has been stripped, but who they are essentially is still there. And so that's something really important to remember that we are our true selves naturally when we're relaxed and when we're not trying. And we don't have to get attached to any sort of identity on the outside. 
it's really important to be aware of when you identify yourself to something on the outside because everything on the surface is temporary and fleeting. Like I said, anything on the surface can be taken away from you at any time. There are no guarantees. So it's like if you depend on those external factors to give you a sort of identity, it's standing on shaky grounds. There's really no solid support or foundation underneath. For example, I'm sure we all know somebody who is really attached to their makeup. Like they let their makeup give them a sort of identity and they can't go out unless they have their brows done. They don't feel like themselves without their face painted on. And not to say anything against makeup. I love makeup and I think it's really fun to like play with looks. But if you have to rely on something on the outside to give you your identity, to give you your persona and your personality, then that's pretty dangerous because like... Everything on the surface is fleeting and it's really shaky. It's not secure. It's not stable. You really have to understand that underneath it all, you are still you and you are whole. All right, now it's time to share some tips on how you can be true to yourself but not get attached to any form of identity. The first tip is to release judgment on yourself and on others. Just let yourself be. Listen to that inner voice of yours and what it really wants and do what makes you happy. But don't feel like you need to prove yourself to anyone. You don't need to follow other people's standards or expectations. But on the flip side, you have to let others be. You have to respect who they are. Don't judge them or hold them to your standards because that's not fair. Releasing judgment on others will also help you release judgment on yourself. Honestly, the world would be such a better place if we all would just stop judging each other. The next tip on how you can be true to yourself but not get attached to any identity, give up defining yourself. Give up defining yourself, let go of labels because every label is limiting. You know that you are a multifaceted, infinitely interesting being, so you don't want to bind yourself to any sort of identity. So what I don't like about labels and defining yourself is that it really limits you and it also limits the way that other people perceive you. For example, in the past few years, I've kind of identified myself as a creative person and I've kind of like let that be a part of my personality and how people see me. So there's kind of a stigma around creativity. Like people believe that if you're creative and your right brain is strong, then your left brain is probably weak. So your left brain being the part that is logical or good at math. And I don't know why like people believe that you have to be one or the other. Because for me, like all my life, I've been good at math. Like, I'm proud of it because when I was young, I was like in math competitions and stuff. And in high school, I did AP calculus, AP stats, and I was like top of my class. And I'm, I don't know, I I stopped taking math classes in college because my life just went a different direction. But it doesn't mean that I'm not good at math. But like one time I was at a restaurant with my friends and it was time to like add up the bill and I was taking a little bit time to like add up the bill in my head and my friend was like jokingly saying, oh, do you need a calculator? I have a calculator on my phone, which is fine because like that's normal. But then my other friend at the table was like, oh, it's just because Eileen's creative and I'm like what? Wait, what do you mean? Because I'm creative. Does being creative mean that I can't be good at math? Not to say that I'm like a genius at math, but I'm just saying that 
When people believe you are one thing, it can limit you in the way that they perceive you. So there's a quote by Eckhart Tolle in his book, A New Earth. He says, Give up defining yourself to yourself or to others. You won't die. You will come to life. And don't be concerned with how others define you. When they define you, they are limiting themselves. So it's their problem. And then he also writes, You are most powerful, most effective when you are completely yourself. But don't try to be yourself. That's another role. It's called natural spontaneous me. As long as you are trying to be this or that, you are playing a role. Which brings me to my next tip. Recognize when you are playing a role. So we all play roles in our everyday lives. Student, teacher, daughter, girlfriend, friend. We play roles in our jobs and in our day-to-day life in public. It's important, though, to not identify yourself completely with those roles. For example, some people may be so identified with their roles in their job. Maybe they're like the manager at their company, so they act like a manager and talk to everyone as a manager. They don't really see people for who they truly are. They see people as their positions in relation to their role. And the way they speak to the intern is different from the way that they speak to their boss. So they tailor themselves based on the role that they think they play and identify with that role so deeply that it becomes who they think they are and they can't see past it. So recognize that although it's necessary to play roles in society sometimes, that role is not who you are. You are so much more than your role. The last tip I want to leave you with today is don't take life so seriously. If you can genuinely learn to do this, then life will be so much more fun and easygoing for you. Remember that things aren't as serious as they seem at first. And if you can really just relax and enjoy the ride, that's how you're going to stay true to yourself and be yourself 100%. I could have made a huge deal about my hair in China if I were to take that situation seriously. But because I realized that everything on the outside is temporary and it's fleeting, it's not really as important as we think it is at that moment, I was willing to change it and be okay with it. And in the end, like having that carefree mindset for life really makes life so much easier and you can have more fun that way just being yourself. All right, so I just shared four tips on how you can be true to yourself and not get attached to any form of identity. The first tip was release judgment on yourself and on others. Stop judging. The second tip was Give up defining yourself. The third tip, recognize when you're playing a role and then stop that. (laughs) And the last tip, don't take life so seriously. So remember, don't try to be yourself. Don't try to be anything because once you start trying, you're playing a role. So the way to be true to yourself is to just relax. Don't think, don't try, just Be natural and carefree, and that is who you are. Don't take anything too seriously, and just have fun. So be true to yourself, but don't get attached to any form of identity. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Eileen, and you just listened to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. Bye!